Hey, open up with me if you would to 1 John chapter 2. We, we did the first half this morning on Sunday mornings. And uh, if, uh, if you want to check out any of the teachings, there's a couple of different ways you can get our teachings. On our website, you can go and they're archived on our websites where you can keep, keep up on that. If, um, also, we, if you have a, an Android or an iPhone, you can download them on the Android or the iPhone. And so uh, um, it's called Twilla Springs. Uh, Calvary Chapel. If you look in the App Store, Android, Android App Store, you can download the phone app and you can listen to the messages there as well. So um, John chapter 2, beginning in verse number 24. And again, we, we, we are going to keep it just, just simple tonight. I'm going to share just, hopefully I can sum it up and just share with you the heart of the message of abide. Now, now this word abide is, to me, it's, it's a life verse. It's a life um, word out of John chapter 15. Now, now G- John, who wrote the first, second, and third John, also wrote the Gospel of John. And, and in John 15, he, he has this thing. And I'm going to, maybe if I get time, I was going to flip over there and, and show you some of the abide out of John 15. But, but this, this teaching that Jesus gave, and in John, all, all Jesus, all the, I'm sorry, in, yeah, in the Gospel of John, in chapter 15, Old man John, Grandpa John, who he wasn't Grandpa John at that time. He was young man John. He was just following Jesus. He was maybe a teenager, maybe 20 years old as, as Jesus came and met him and his brother tending their nets. And Jesus said, come and follow me. I will make you a fisher of men. And, and, and he recorded a teaching that Jesus gave where Jesus said, abide in me. Abide in my father. Abide in my father's love. And so it's words in red, recorded by John, but not spoken from John's heart or spoken from John's lips. It was something that he recorded Jesus saying. And then we have now in, in 1 John, in chapter 2, in the second half, now these are John's words. Now we know that, that, the, whole, that the Holy Spirit inspired the, the Word of God and the giving and the writing of the Word of God. But no doubt he used the hearts of these men and things that he had put in their heart. And so John chapter 15 has an impact on John's life. And later in his life, when he's Grandpa John, he comes with just this simple message. And he remembers this message of John 15 of of us as Christian people abiding in Jesus. I want to tell you that as a Christian person, you don't have to work to produce fruit. You don't have to work to to do great things for God. You really just need to rest in Jesus. The Bible says in Psalms that that, that those that, that abide in God, those that abide in the Lord, that God gives them rest. And some, some have said that means that, that while you're sleeping, God is still working on your behalf. And, and it just means that, that, that God, um, as we abide, as we hang out, you know what we do in churches and what we do in circles and, and worship teams and different groups? We, we have these study groups. We have Barna um, groups and we have groups in the church that come and they assess your church and they they lay out for you church plan options. And and we get together and we have conferences and we talk about how they did it. And we watch other people and and how other people are successful. And we see, uh, oh, you know, this church is doing it that way. Maybe I I need to do that. And we have, you know, gift envy and church envy. and, And in our lives as Christians, we see some musicians or somebody who's doing something for the Lord that we want to do. And we we say, well, how did they do it? And they're doing it better. And they're producing more fruit. And, and we look horizontally. And yet we don't look vertically. And, and yet Jesus says, like, it doesn't matter. You know, the whole thing is it doesn't matter how you do it. If you don't have Jesus, nothing's going to come of it. 
If you don't have Jesus, it's not going to succeed in your life. And yet we want to we want to be successful. We want to be successful in the things that we do. And Jesus lays out this simple plan for us as Christian people. How many of you guys have ever done something you didn't want to do? Anybody? Something you regretted? How many of you guys have ever, I'm going to wait out on a limb here. How many of you guys have ever sinned? A couple of you? And, and, and how many of you guys maybe regretted it or didn't want to do it before you went into it? Or, or maybe you had this thought when it was over. Why did I do that? That really wasn't what was in my heart. You know, and, and I did that like, like 10 minutes ago. And, and, or a day ago, a week ago, I've done it before and I'm struggling in this area. And, I, and Lord, I don't want to do those things. And, you know, we ask this question, how, how, do, we, how do we stop? How do we, st- how do we stop doing those things we don't want to do? How do we start doing the things that God wants us to do? And God lays out for us in his word, this simple principle of abide. And, and it's, it's a, to me, it's a big word. It's a huge word. It's a huge concept. And Jesus in John 15, he, he describes it as a, as a branch and, and gives us this very picturesque um, example of, of how we abide. And he takes a branch and he uses an, uh, a, an olive or a grape branch. And he says, if it, if, the, if it abides in the vine, if the branch abides in the vine and you and me, you'll bear much fruit. Now, for my mind's eye, I, I can kind of see a lemon tree a little bit better. So we're going to, it's the same concept, same idea. But, but the lemon tree, the stalk is the tree. And Jesus said, I am the tree part. And you are the branches. And then he said, abide in me. As the branch abides in the vine, as the branch abides in the tree. Now there's that little part right there, right? Right where the branch sticks into the, the tree. There's that little connection right there. And that's the abide. And if that part of our life is intact. And that part of our spiritual walk, it's about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Stop looking at other people. Start looking at Jesus. You want success in your life? Start spending time with Jesus. Start seeking Jesus. Start, start praying and start falling in love with the God of the universe. And as you fall in love with Jesus, as you abide in Christ, God puts fruit in your life, changes your life. You know, that, you know what that branch does to bear fruit? What does it do? Anybody? Kind of there's a clue up there. What does the branch do to bear fruit? It abides. That's all it does. It remains in the tree. And as long as it does that, as long as it abides, it's going to bear fruit. Now, if we cut the branch off, I should have brought one in. If I cut the branch off and I bring it in here tonight, if all of us work together as the family of God and, and Christian people, and we come together and everybody adds their gifts and their talents, can, can we make some lemons grow on that branch? What if I put it up here on the, on, the, on the pulpit and we all just work on it tonight? Can we come back tomorrow and find lemons on it? It doesn't matter what we do without Jesus. It's not going to produce fruit in our lives. All of us working together in the flesh, trying to work this thing out, it's, just, it's not going to flush out unless we abide in Christ. So I, sh- I should have brought my watch up here. Sorry, I forgot it. So... Um, but I, I do want to do one. My intention was, you guys, to, to be in John chapter 2 tonight and, and to cover these couple of verses. Um, so we, we are going to read them. So I'm in John chapter 2. And again, old man John now, Grandpa John, is um, picking up on this idea that he learned from Jesus in John chapter 15. And, and in verse 24 through the end of the chapter, he uses the word abide six different times. 
whenever you're doing Bible study, whenever you're reading the Word, one of the things that, that is a good way to kind of get some meat out of something that you're reading, something that you're studying, is, is picking up on these kind of um, repetitions that the Holy Spirit's laid down for us. And, and, in, and in these few verses, abide is six different times. You think the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us something? You think the Holy Spirit is, is accidentally uses the same word six different times in, in, in five verses? So let's, let's, let's take a look at it. I'll read it to you. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the Father. I'm sorry. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that He has promised us, eternal life. What? Somebody. Come on, church. Did you hear what I just said? Obviously not. It says... Listen to this. I'm going to start over. Therefore, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning, that which you heard from the beginning. If that what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will abide in the Son and in the Father. Now listen to this. And this is the promise that He has promised us. Eternal life. Amen. Amen. We got one. So, I, I mean, I, I promised my, my kids, like, hey, I, I won't step on your toe tonight. Hey, I, I, I promise that I'll buy you ice cream. I, I might make good on that or not. I don't know. But, you know, I make some really big promises to my wife. I promise for two days I won't leave my underwear on the bathroom floor. I promise. And here God shows up. John shows up and he says, this is the promise that he has for you. Oh, it's just eternal life. It's just life forever and ever and ever and ever in eternity with Jesus in paradise, in heaven. You know, I often talk about when Jesus, it says that Jesus, the Bible says Jesus conquered sin and death. And I say, what did you do today? And and, and here God promises eternal life to those who will abide in him. And and the promise is eternal life. And then he goes on and it says, um, and and this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And, and now, little children, listen, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Abide in Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. The word abide means to remain with, to be one with, to, to stay connected to, to remain with, to be one with Jesus. And here John says, little children, abide in Jesus in your daily life. Don't live a life that, that, that wants to abide when it's convenient. And, and then when you got something that you want to do, hey, you got to leave Jesus in the room, leave Jesus at the house so you can go do what you want to do. And then you come back and you'll pick him back up again when it's convenient for you. And John here says, abide in my little children, abide in Jesus so that you have this confidence that when he appears that, that you'll be ready to meet him, that, that you'll be prepared to offer him something. That you won't get stuck with your hand in the cookie jar. I don't know about you guys, but I'd, I'd like to be standing right here doing this when Jesus comes back. I asked me, Jesus, I was preaching when you came back, you know. I was telling them all about you, and here you are. You know, I, I tell you some things I don't want to be doing when Jesus comes back. 
And, and John says to live our lives in such a way that we abide and, and that we remain and that we, we just stay plugged in with Jesus in our daily lives. And, and, that, and that we get rid of the world. He just got through telling us in the first part of this chapter, don't love the things of this world. The things of this world do not deliver. But Jesus delivers. And Jesus loves. And Jesus cares. And so let's abide in Him so that when He comes, we have this confidence in us that, that we'll be ready for Him in His appearing. And then the last verse says, If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of Him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Not yet. Just kidding. That was a joke. There, there's a... Um, Again, you guys, I just want to close with this thought, though, and then we are going to pray. There was a, there was a pastor, um, an Indian pastor, and, and um, Francis Chan. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Francis Chan, but Francis Chan um, started a church in Simi Valley, California, I think it was. And, and just him and his wife in their home. And, and within about 12 years, the church grew to a couple thousand. About year 16... Um, Francis Chan left this big, huge mega church that he was pastoring that was very successful. And he, you know, his whole story is very interesting. It's, you should listen to it. We're, we're going to check it out one day as a church. He wrote a book called Crazy Love. And, and his, his heart was that he just wanted to be radical and just, just really abide in Jesus. And he was getting a little disheartened. And, 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 and what happened in church and what was feeling was he said in church he would hear the name Francis Chan more than he would hear Jesus. And, 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 and part of the, the culture that we have sometimes in America is that we, we come to church and we expect that the pastor give us the word of God and that the pastor lead us and usher us and the worship team, they, they, they bring us into the house of God, they fulfill our needs, that the Sunday school departments, that they teach our kids about Jesus and that um, we come and, 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 and we need this revelation, we need this understanding from the pastor and from somebody else. And, and, and Francis Chan just said, you know what? This, it's not about me. And, and the reality is we can all plug into Jesus. And, and they did. And they, he had a friend that did, did this big, huge Christmas play at church. And this church spent $100,000 on this Christmas production. They, they, would, they would perform it for 25 days straight. They would practice 20 hours a week and then shows, show up five days straight for 30 days through Christmas. People would travel from all over the place to see this play. And the church spent amazing, amazing amounts of money on this, on this play. And, and somebody said, well, that's great. You know, and then and lots of people came and were ministered by, by your Christmas play. But wouldn't it be much cheaper? If, if, and wouldn't it be much more effective if all those people for 20 hours a week just told their neighbors about Jesus? And just started witnessing and, and telling people and, and sharing the faith and, and, and doing it for themselves. And the pastor of that, of that church that had that production said, oh, oh, you'll never get people to do that. And he thought, well, you're right. They'll come and dress up as a reindeer. But they won't go tell their neighbor about Jesus. And, and, and again, the, 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 what, what happens is we get really complacent. And he has, a, he has a friend, it's a pastor in India, and this, this pastor calls him and he's weeping from India. And one of his American pastor friends had just fallen into sexual sin. Something you hear all the time. Pastor, big church, runs off with the secretary in the checkbook. And so the, the, this pastor in India is so broken. And he's so broken and, and he's humble and he's not judgmental. And he, he, he said that he, his heart just breaks. And he says, I wish the pastors just knew Jesus. I wish they just abided. I wish they just had Jesus as their source. 
And, and because it's become so, you know, everybody else does it for us. And, and he said, you know what? We're content. People today are content with Moses going up on the mountain. That, that pastor from India was his perspective. That, that you and I, in our Christianity, we're content just, just letting Moses go up on the mountain. And that's so true. But you know what? Today, the veil of the temple was rent. And you and I have direct access to God. You have as much opportunity to abide in Christ and access God as anybody else. You know, it's time for the church, and it really is for our church, in this heart of abide, and this idea of abide, that we head up onto that mountain for ourselves. That we go into the presence of God for ourselves. The great I Am has welcomed you into His presence. You know, when, you know when God came and gave the Ten Commandments? I don't know if you guys know the story. It's in Exodus chapter 19 and 20. You can read it. God made this big deal, and He told all the people to back up. And, and He made sure that nobody came close to the mountain, because He was going to come down on the mountain, and, and anybody that got close would be turned into a crispy critter and fried. And then Jesus dies on the cross, rises again, and the veil of the temple rents in two. And no longer do we now need Moses to go up on the mountain with us to meet the great I Am. You and I have direct access to God for ourselves. Amen? Amen. So I'm encouraging you guys. No more selfies with Moses, okay? You yourself have direct access to abide in Christ. And so I'm encouraging us as a church, as a people, invite your neighbors. The, the, the commission, the, the great call, the ministry, the work of God. It, it, it's each one of us to take part in that. It's all of our, all of our responsibilities to take that up and, and, and meet personally with the Lord and do the work of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day, God. Lord, we pray your blessing upon each one who's come tonight, Father. We thank you uh, and we praise you for the fun that we had tonight, Lord. And I I just pray that uh, the kids had a good time tonight in their classes. We thank you for the Sunday school uh, people who volunteered to come tonight. I thank you for Carl. Thank you for Mark. I thank you for Mike. I thank you for Brian. I thank you for Chad. I thank you for all the worship team. Lord, anybody who's mad at me right now because I just forgot to say their name. And Lord, everyone who's come to serve you tonight, and Lord, everyone who's come just to worship you tonight, and Lord, we're very thankful for what you're doing here, and we pray your blessing upon each person. In Jesus' name.